0: Welcome to your making it worse. We're here. We're queer. Who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer and I'm Brent Sullivan and I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So, recently this book came out, uh, as of today. Uh-huh. We
1: would be remiss to go more than one episode without referencing The View on this <laughs> the podcast. The View is
2: so vital. It's very... It's, it's very much... It's a part of the conversation. Vi- yeah. Vital
1: is not the word I it's would use. It's one of the highest rated daytime talk shows. <laughs> that's I love it because it's, it's a
0: train wreck every single every day episode. without fail. Every yeah. day. I, somebody said they love that I watch the show like art. Because yeah. I don't watch it and take it seriously. I watch it because it does feel like it's on the precipice of falling off the tracks at any second when maybe is at the front seat. I have wait for Megan seat. McCain
2: to lose it. Yeah. Well, um, so,
0: so anyway, so yeah. so the book came out, this new book it's came called, out by,
2: well, it's called The Women Who Punch. The Women Who Punch by R- Raman Satuda, uh huh. He's a former writer of from Newsweek, right? Um,
0: and yeah, he's a writer. He's a good so he wrote a whole book about uh, the View and the history of the View. And, just started reading today. Yeah. Uh, uh, so basically, what got, happened? I think
1: that, he wrote his dissertation on it, right? He Got his PhD <laughs> from his, uh, Harvard. This is, this on, is his PhD.
0: Yes. So in writing about the book, there's been a lot of. Uh, you know, press and, and talk about it. One thing that happened was that Rosie O'Donnell, who was a host, co-host on the View twice, mm-hmm. um, she's to, she's the quote at the beginning of the book. Yeah, that like makes they sense. do a special page quote. Yeah. You know how like books open with a quote? Yeah. yeah, it's her quote. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. She was a she was a hugely prolific part of it both yeah. times she was on, even
2: though she was only on for like a year, twenty episodes. Yeah, man. I mean it's, like yeah. you know not yeah, twenty yeah. episodes, yeah. but like yeah.
0: she was on for like a year at first, in and total, then barely basically. a year the next time. Yeah, but. As everybody remembers, there was a huge blowout between her and Elizabeth Hasselbeck. And right. they had that split screen talking about um, yeah. the weapons of mass destruction and Bush and be, the, yeah, the Iraq personal, war. Though. It was crazy. Yeah. So, um, and that was why she left. And it was insane. So with that being said, uh, Rosie told uh, the author of the book that she saw that there were some, quote, underlying lesbian undertones on both parts, her and Elizabeth. And if you don't know, if you don't remember, Elizabeth is like the... Very stalwart, conservative, conservative, very pretty Republican. blonde. Yes, yeah. currently on, works at News, Fox News. I don't think she does. She does. I thought she's
2: done. Oh no, I think she's still. She was on the View last week. I think they were talking about that. Oh.
0: still. I thought she retired from like TV. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Anyway, doesn't wait, matter. Actually. But, <laughs> so she's like a you know stalwart conservative Republican. Yeah. Started, on, started on Survivor, and she's only
2: she's her and Whoopi are the only two <laughs> former co-hosts of from the View that aren't interviewed in the
0: book. Lots of
1: lots of fun view trivia.
2: Whoopi's
0: not in the book. Well, let's get let's get to the
1: point. Wait, she's not interviewed. That's
0: insane
2: he just doesn't want to talk about the view no.
1: no I'm sorry but I feel like we should get to I the know. point of this discussion
0: yeah. okay so Rosie said in the book that she thought there were some underlying lesbian tension undertones between her and Elizabeth she <laughs> says quote there are not many in my life girls with such an athletic talent on sports teams that are traditionally male that aren't at least a little bit gay there was a little bit of a crush but not that I wanted to kiss her I wanted to support Ray's her like she was the freshman star shortstop and I was the captain of the team but it was in no way sexualized. So this was obviously a pretty, you know, uh, 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 this quote caught fire. Yeah. Yeah. As it would. As it would. And Elizabeth was on TV talking about it. And her response (laughs) (laughs) was that she said, I read it and I immediately started praying. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm
1: like, how am I going to handle this? How am I
0: going to handle this with God's grace? Her segment on The View, Michael and I counted. She said God Nine times, yeah, in a segment, and so the the point being with something like this, it brings to mind the idea of gay panic, this idea of uh the idea of the threat of being called gay or being considered gay or being even thought of in gay terms. The idea
1: and the legal defense,
0: right? The legal defense of it causing this panic enough (laughs) where Elizabeth had to start praying to God. Yeah, and so I guess my question is. Is this offensive on either end? Is well, it offensive before, for her before to we, say that?
2: Before we answer that, I think we should, because she does... I hate to say this, but Elizabeth Hasbach does make a very good point. She does. um, Yes, you're right. About uh, sort of the objectification of women in the workplace. If you, So I'm just going to read this. If you took her words and replaced Rosie with Ronald, there would be an objectification of women in the workplace. So that is disturbing and it's wrong. And whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman uh, and you're objectifying women in the workplace, it's wrong. I think her casting stereotype on female athletes and what she said, that all females are a little bit gay, I would say that's an unfair stereotype and seems selfish in a way. And I think that it's untrue. And I, I and I I will say... And that makes sense to me. Of course. And I don't and I don't think it's gay panic. I think it and I love Rosie O'Donnell. Like love Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah you do. Um, <laughs> but I will say I mean this is her words were very strange, strange, and and didn't. I mean, I get what she's saying in it's a way. a Weird way to put it, but though. it's a
0: weird way to put it. You're right to and say that. She, I, I didn't want, I, not that I wanted to kiss her. I wanted to support, Ray's elevate her, like she was the freshman star shortstop, and I was the captain of the team. Like, see, I see. To me, this reads as a power move. Yeah, which is. Oh.
1: I mean, I've always noticed, and that's Rosie, and and yeah, I, in a weird way, I've always felt like if there's. If there's one thing I can do to, to diminish uh, a guy, let's say I'm having a conversation with someone who I don't like, I'll reference that he's very good looking. Mm, uh, yes. I'm not. This person isn't in the conversation, but let's say I'm talking about a comic I don't like. I'm like, ah, oh, he's actually really good looking because I feel like it's like kind of diminishing of who he is as a comedian. <laughs> And, yeah. I, and I feel like that's d- Alan just cringed, but I feel like uh, I feel like I think that that's what's so Rose. What, that's what Rosie is doing. Yeah, know? and
2: I, I completely agree. I, I just I don't I don't think it's gay panic on Elizabeth's part. Well, she I think, started
0: praying. I mean, but yeah,
2: and I get that. That's a weird thing. A weird. She also said that on. Um fox and friends
0: what i started praying yeah she says it a lot of course she talks about it a lot she's like i had to have a conversation with god she says like, I, I would pray for my friends i hope that she is the peace of god because- which no
2: judgment oh, no judgment i mean if you're a christian you want to have a conversation with god that's great um but that said like i do think it's a little weird that rosie would go in the direction that she's going but this does speak to this sort of and this is something that the book addresses, which I think is fascinating, before The View, there really were no sort of group pundit chat shows in daytime it didn't exist and now it's all over literally mm-hmm. it is the what chew, the, the real this the preceded top. everything <laughs> from Project Runway even which you have like pundits people giving their, their their critiques of things and the shows that are just off this about people just sharing their views even though you don't know that this person is an authority on whatever the fuck they're saying they're yeah. just talking on television yeah. and now it is the staple of te- you turn on CNN and you have to have seven people on a table yeah. having a conversation instead of just a newscaster reading the fucking news. Because a newscaster who we trusted. Exactly. Yeah. and now But The View did that. The View created that in a way and brought that to everyday households and made it normal. Before that, you had this week with uh, with Cookie Brinkley. Roberts. No, this was in the 90s. With Brinkley, David, David Brinkley. And they, they had a sort of a round table type discussion. But that was it. The McLaughlin mm-hmm. News Hour.
1: Yes.
0: But no <laughs> one watched favorite. that shit.
1: There was, I remember, do you remember Chat and Chew?
0: Hosted yes. by Ted
1: Koppel. Yeah. That was in 1991. What? Yeah. And yeah, Ted Koppel would he would. He would get, was. This a daytime show. Yeah, he would. He would get on. I think he was. But hosting it was all news. It, with... it was all heavy news stuff. <laughs> I'm just making it up, Alan. <laughs> oh, you're no, really no, no, making that like, no, up. They, and they had and no. Was
2: Barbara had it too. <laughs> I mean, no I'm sure. Way. I'm sure Ted Koppel was even on some ABC stuff because, like, <laughs> ABC had Barbara Walters talks about that they had these sort of daytime news things that newscasters would do, like Ted Koppel, David Brinkley, etc. Who they would come in and they would only talk about the news and it would be very serious news stuff. Yeah, and it wouldn't be and Barbara was like how do i make this like shitty yeah exactly <laughs> how do
0: i make this bad
2: i mean there was one the um not just for women was a show
0: that barbara walters hosted so
2: <laughs> chat and chew is not too far <laughs> not off is not too far off from nothing. They, they
0: did try to do it with, with dudes with yes. like dick clark and uh, mario, mario lopez Mario
2: lopez and yeah exactly why, so wait, why
0: do you guys think that wouldn't work because it didn't work well, because dudes aren't supposed
2: to be vulnerable and talk about feelings and shit, and right. the view is you see half Rosie about and people getting angry at each other. Yeah. about Yeah, it might not
1: be the demographic that wants to be tuning
2: into a show to hear. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, you
2: know. But I mean, but it's still it's it's astounding that like this show and the the inner workings and the politics, the behind the scene politics of this show have become what the show, what people watch right. the show for. Correct. And it's not so much that they're watching to hear the opinions of the people on the show. They're watching to see them interact F- with each other. Oh, yeah.
0: they're, they're watching to see them fight. Yeah, I think. You I know, think what's, so. what's interesting, too, is that the show, I remember very clearly the show starting out as this, like, loosey-goosey thing where, like, Meredith— I watched the premiere episode. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> Meredith Vieira would talk about, like, they talked about sex a lot, and it was yeah. like— But they had that very, like, Laura Ashley showroom set, mm-hmm. and now, just because of the nature of the times— they're almost always talking about politics. Oh yeah, yeah. meeting with politics. Yeah. and you would. Or think, as Whoopi says, the guy in the White House. Uh, she refuses to call him by his by Trump. She calls him yeah. the guy in the White yeah. House. Right. Um, that, that'll win. That'll yeah. win
1: in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, right? yeah sure. Yeah, that, yeah. that'll do it. Not even joking. Everyone, we are joined today by uh, just uh, just a delight. Uh, a legend in comedy. Podcasting legend. Uh, one legends, of the first openly sketch gay comedy sketch legend. performers on TV. Yeah. A longtime friend of all of ours. A longtime friend of all of ours, Kevin Allison. Hello! Uh, Hello. Kevin Allison. We are so also of you. The host of the incredibly popular, enormously popular podcast, Risk. Yeah. Yes. Um... Storytelling it was actually amazing. legend. Storytelling legend. But yeah. it was amazing because uh, a minute ago we sat down, we were all just kind of gabbing about what we can and cannot talk about <laughs> with Kevin on the podcast. There's a couple no nos, <laughs> uh, but you you referenced how you said sometimes people uh, uh, on risk get kind of bothered when you when people will talk about you know b- when you'll have a discussion Belch. about blood or belching, which was incredible. And then then you referenced it. You sometimes will. record (laughs) and put on the podcast audio of you having an orgasm. How does that sound? I
3: went through a period where I started recording some of my kink sessions. The first one was I met this beautiful guy. He was a dancer for Alvin Ailey who he had a tickle torture fetish. Sure. And Uh like just a gorgeous <laughs> man, and I was like, sure, tie me up and, and do whatever you want with me. But I was oh, thinking Oh, you you were to be tickled? Yes. I thought Ooh. tickled torture, I thought it sounded cute. Oh because no, because no, it's unbearable. Part. Oh my That's god. That's the
1: only kind of porn Elliot's ever made, but <laughs> oh, continue. It is
3: the closest the way he was doing it was oh, like the no. closest thing to Guantanamo. Oh my god. Oh wow hairbrushes like really <gasps> rough on the feet. Oh. He would take he would take his fingers and like dig it into the like he called this the gooch. Uh the the period uh, or, or You're the, pointing on, to your, your groin. Your, in your, yeah. th- your thighs, where your balls yeah, dangle yeah, region. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, That's Elliot's he... most developed muscle, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. The neighborhood of the taint. He would say Gucci, Gucci, goo, and just like drive <gasps> his fingers in there. But anyway, so I recorded those sessions, and they were hilarious, because yeah. I'm just, I, the, the things coming out of my mouth are Are very, you
0: laughing and or, I, orgasming? I,
3: I, I'm, no, I'm not orgasming. Oh. I'm laughing and screaming and crying. And the, <laughs> the whole time, I'm like, what? what the fuck do your neighbors think? Bro? Yeah. Uh, so at that point, I was like, oh, this is fun. Also, I make a lot of interesting noises when I orgasm. I kind of sound like someone who has, who is literally dying. Someone who's oh, no. been shot or something like that. How it. do you sound? I sound like, Oh. <laughs> oh, I probably just blew out your thing there and so I started recording them and eventually I was like oh these are so fun I could sneak these into yeah. our stamps.com oh. ads and just leave everyone kind of in the dark for and then a couple of years ago I admitted to oh everyone Oh, remember when we used to do those stamps <laughs> yeah. that weird sound in the middle yeah. those that were all me so That's fun. So that great! Yeah. you should level. compile
2: all of them and like do an auto tune and Turn it into a dance hit.
0: Yes.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Wait, did
0: you see the movie, the documentary, Tickled?
3: Oh, yes, that but, was so amazing. Was that before or after the tickle fetish guy? This my whole thing was before, and and that movie, the tickle the fetish the, has the, been around the, for a long time, of course. First. But oh, yeah. the tickling in that movie seemed a little bit more good natured, and yeah. you know, yeah I, yeah. I guess I didn't yeah.
1: know it, it took it could take such a,
3: a dark turn. Oh God, yeah. That's yeah, he why was, it's so he good. was Guantanamo with this. Stuff. I always worry seen, about tickling because of. Farting. Oh, what? Mm. I certainly don't. If you don't. tickle,
2: if you tickle so much, you 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 accidentally fart. <laughs> well, so that's I, I, that's, pretty, that's yeah. a plus. I Wait, yeah. mean,
1: I mean, Alan's thinking about when he was a two-year-old child. What? You, I guess. That doesn't make sense to me. No,
2: but it does as an adult. Like you're tickling so much, and you're trying to turn someone on. Like you're being tickled, and it's cute, and you're like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. So he, I guess, weirdly enough, I have <laughs> no, a problem. No, I don't. With, <laughs> I, I my problem with tickle torture is that. I don't think it would be I wouldn't quote laugh like I I guess my assumption was that you have to you're supposed to laugh and I would feel like I have to put on the laugh oh because so are I, you not ticklish I am ticklish, but my reaction is sort of a jolting and, like, right. get away from me. Yeah, Almost like a violent response. Oh, yeah. Yeah. interesting. So I worry that it would just be an uncomfortable, like, me, like, fake giggling for Maybe 20 Maybe tickling minutes. is the oh, way no. to get
3: to know the true Brent. Oh, that's oh my God. <laughs> I think that, you know, it, it w- with any of these kink activities, people come, people have different attitudes about how active or passive or what kind of tone they're coming f- you know, yeah. th- they're wanting in it. You know, like, I've seen people at kink camps, like, tie someone up to a fence and like start tickling them or jabbing them or stuff like that. Jabbing <laughs> and and, and it's clear that like laughing is not the goal. That yeah. that, they, that they really want to cause some duress. Right. I was once tied to a um to a scaffolding uh-huh. with my with my hands. <laughs> uh, uh, and that key, these are always gorgeous black men in these stories. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Had that's another what we were type. picturing, regardless. So yeah. <laughs> it was I, I had uh, said okay to. There was this event at a kink camp called uh, Play with the Pros, and so you could sign up to have stuff Did done you to you. To do no, 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 they were pro, they, they were pros. They were teachers oh. at the camp, and you could sign up for twenty minutes mm. of a teacher doing their expertise to you. Mm. So I saw this like it's like the on for kink. Gorgeous black man, and I was like, well, <laughs> I'll do I'll have him do whatever he can do. To to me and it turned out he was into electro, so he had a police taser and an electric cattle prod. Wow. Oh my god! <laughs> so they bring, he brings this stuff out, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing that. And he was like, would you prefer to be blindfolded or to be able to see? And I know from experience that being blindfolded only makes the terror. 100% all the time because yeah. you never know when it, when yeah. something's coming, right? Yeah. So I was like, no, don't blindfold me. But then when he started coming at me with these things, I instinctively turned around because I was like, I don't want to see it. And here's the thing, wow. A, the police taser, he was mostly <laughs> Here's the thing just... about being cattle prodded for sexual <laughs> stimulus. <laughs> yeah, you think it's going to be on the surface of your skin, yeah. no, you what? feel it inside you wow. feel it it goes straight to your central nervous system <laughs> so you feel like you're like a knife is going through the middle of you oh wow and i started screaming like a little girl and then laughing because i don't know
2: laughing is sure. just it's like a, it's a safety thing And i think for for comedians at least it's it's the comfortable Response to something that mm-hmm. is uncomfortable sometimes. I guess so, yeah. Guess. Well, you're it's... also
1: not fundamentally in danger. You could stop. I'm sure you have a safe word. Right. You could stop at some point point a well, me...
3: safe word. Just red. Oh, red just and yellow.
0: And you know what? They I say expected
1: that... more
2: creativity from you, <laughs> <too>. Kevin. Orange <laughs> oh, juice or red, something. red,
0: yellow, I see. Tabitha, as in the, the traffic lights.
3: And they say that if you're doing hypno kink, that, uh, that hypno-kink? green is also good to let the person know, you know, you're you're supposed to be like in a trance and subconscious, <laughs> but if you can remember red, yellow, and green, the green is the way of letting the dom Wait, know, hypno- oh, you should do more what? of the... the hypno is where you're put under hypnosis. Yeah, but I've never known whether or not I believe in that or if that could work yeah. for me. I had a very yeah. awkward experience of this. Yeah. Where a guy was doing it to me. <laughs> he you're was so getting super, super cute. He was this little Chinese guy. And uh-huh. and I really just wanted to make him happy. And he put me under, you know, you're going down the steps, you're 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 getting wearier and tireder. Mm. And then then he he wanted to like start doing some sexual stuff to me and he was like are you hypnotized? And I I, yeah. op- I opened one eye a little bit and I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized, oh wait, wait. Yeah. You really should just can kind you imagine of go it? Along with right, it a long way. Right. A just going, wait.
0: Are you hypnotized? Yeah. <laughs> no doc. Wait, so we should just we should just put it out there. So you are somebody and who I think all of us know as being the most vocal about kink culture mm-hmm. and being into mm-hmm. sort of I don't know. BDSM and like the sort of more intense parts of sex. I Yeah, guess. and it's, yeah, uh, it's so experimental. fascinating.
3: Experimental. Uh, you're, you're so open, you're open. to it. Yeah. Yeah. So my
0: question is, when you're doing something like um, where you're getting like electrocuted or whatever, like, is I'm just curious, is part of the erotic. Is a part of the eroticism the pain? Are you into pain?
3: I am into pain, actually. Mm. But but there there's also very specific kinds of pain. There's stingy pain, thuddy pain. There's the pain of, like, getting weary because someone has made you, like, hold something up in a right. crucifixion oh, pose yeah. for a long time. Oh, right, so, right, yeah. so
1: it... it's, it's the people who get in car accidents and then jerk off right afterwards. Like, what's
3: that?
2: <laughs> what? Oh, like <laughs> that movie Crash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, with Holly Hunter and James Stater.
3: I don't know that. <laughs> That one's so well. You don't know that one. I mean, I've, I've heard of the movie, but I, I've never gone there. I guess it's not that common. That
0: was in the movie. Yeah, yeah the whole movie was about
3: that. They got yeah. into car
2: accidents or something because they got off to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah, yeah. So we when, just gave
1: Elliot an
0: idea. Jesus, uh, no. When, so okay, so never riding with Elliot again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so ultimately, you. I mean. I think you've told us a lot about, like, Kink Camp. But, like, for our listeners who don't know, including me, what is Kink Camp and how did you find your way into it?
3: Well, it's interesting. Like, the first Kink Camp that I went to, I was... Let's see. I had just been divorced. So I was in a nine-year-long open relationship, and we were legally married, myself Mm -hmm. and my husband. And then when I started Risk, Risk was too much. It it all of a sudden just took 24-7. It was my full-time job, and my husband was like, I don't know if you're ever going to make any money doing this, and you need a real full-time job, and I think I got to go. And so, all of a sudden, I was single again. I had had, you know, I had still been going to, like, sex clubs and stuff like that. But I had never done, like, dating or anything like that during the nine years we were together. Mm -hmm. So, a friend approached and he said, Hey, I'm going to this kink camp in a couple of weeks. Would you like to come? And fresh out of a divorce and everything, I was like, Sure, let's see what that's all about. And what's really intriguing is that... What the straight, kinky world is doing is all based on Clear. what they've learned yeah. from the mm-hmm. 1960s and the 1970s of gay male culture. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the mineshaft, the Robert Maplethorpe yep. sort of uh, era. Uh, however, with all of those lesbians... You have a lot more processing of yes, things going emotions, so, yeah. thoughts, right? So you come to the camp and you have an orientation about uh, uh, consent and negotiation, and there's lots of classes to take. and you know how great well, politicians
2: <laughs>
1: had to do that.
2: <laughs> oh great right. business yeah. leaders, Seriously.
1: politicians, just men, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just some men. women too, and some women. So yeah. what are the classes like? What's a class like at a kink camp?
3: Well, the ne- the, the second time I came to the camp because <laughs> yeah. uh, they wanted me back. Because I did an episode of Risk called "Kevin Goes to King Camp," and they were like, "You're great. Come on back and teach a class." And I was like, "Okay, here's the deal. My biggest pet peeve. You guys talk about pet peeves among about gay men. <clears> throat> My throat> biggest pet peeve is I just don't like anal sex. I don't like <clears throat> fucking. I don't like being." the top, I'm no longer able, I think, to be the top. And I don't even like being the bottom all that much with Mm -hmm. fucking. So I hate the way that-
1: That's rarely talked about, but there's a lot of gay guys who feel that way. Yeah. I
3: hate the way that gay men talk as if that one activity is the alpha and omega, the end Mm -hmm. all be all of gay- Activity, right? Um, so I decided to teach a class called "Everything You Can Do to an Ass Other Than Fuck It" because yeah. I love asses, uh, yeah. and it totally throws people <laughs> off when when they're like, "You don't want oh to, you is don't want to fuck good it." Class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what can you do? So, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I touched on spanking and um, you know caning and oh, uh, flogging, you know all yeah. those all those impacty things, but also stuff like re- weird stuff, like putting ginger up someone's butt. Oh, what is that? Ginger, it's stingy. It's stingy. Oh, so is Domino's <laughs> pizza.
2: You put pizza? pizza in there? Well, no, pizza. I just oh, years boss. ago I did not put pizza up my butt. <laughs> but years ago I fooled around after eating Domino's pizza, and and then we the fingers were put up butts,
3: and it burned. Yeah, because you know? of it the hot sauce of or something yeah. like that. I don't
2: know. I yeah. guess it's something in their special tomato tomato sauce. Yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But the, my hands
3: weren't that dirty. I have a friend who's into like putting like capsaicin on his oh, balls. Oh, what's that? You know, Interesting. The, it's Medicated like, uh, powder, the, hot sauce from you know like yeah
0: peppers. Oh no, Gold Bond's great on the balls. Put that in there. Woo! It's like a one. And that was in middle school. I remember my friend was like that in Put Gold bond on your balls Yeah, oh, no. I never did that for me. That was the me first thing. I, I was think like that's the first thing.
3: Gold bond on balls. Yeah, yeah very popular, very <laughs> popular. Yeah, um uh, Enemas, oh yeah, sure. enemas are big. Of course, rimming, you know, yeah. Yeah. enemas, yeah. enemas. Well, as a activity, as oh, like yeah. a sexual yeah. activity. Well, I mean, that goes into the scat realm. There's I, a I, whole porn world about enema porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to one um, of the few
1: avenues I've never delved <laughs> heavily, but yeah, <laughs> <I> <laughs> like milk to... enemas,
2: where the you know, <gasps> yeah, 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 where you
3: spray it on someone's <laughs> yeah. face. I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, milk. You say milk? Yes. Yeah. Oh boy.
3: Yeah. Some
2: of us are getting. It it's easier to see coming out of the
3: boom. Yeah, you get a the little Ooh. fountain effect. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I don't think I'm that powerful though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm um, I eat a lot of fiber. <laughs> <laughs> but you need a demo bottom in order to yeah. teach yeah. these classes uh, who'd you bring i always brought a boy you know yeah. a boy along who was very who got off a man, a man. On, yeah a boy of age of course, of course. Yes. <laughs> someone in their 20s yes. uh, who gets off on being publicly displayed that yeah. way yeah i yeah. think it's so yeah. it's so healthy that
0: you, it's so healthy to <laughs> explore all this stuff and figure out like it's like a it feels like a language that you have to actually understand to elevate yourself as not just a gay person but like anybody who can actually pursue this avenue and be mm-hmm. that emotionally available to be physically available see, yeah. is so admirable to me.
3: Yeah, well, I will I say agree. this. I think that so many of us, especially as we get older, uh, and I think men especially, get a little bit stuck in patterns, get a little mm. bit stuck in, and and I'm as guilty <clears throat> as anyone of having like one or two fetishes or kink that are just like I'm so <laughs> stuck in a rut with that one, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, my therapist often encourages me, you know, like things like, for example, there's the Enjoy Pure Wand, which is a steel prostate massager. And Mm -hmm. when I discovered this thing, I was like, oh, I never need an actual cock in my ass. Again, because this thing is a magical toy, <laughs> and I became so addicted to it that my therapist was like, "Okay, please, you know, that's great that you love that toy, right? Yeah, but put it down every now and then." Do you then. have a special therapist that specializes yes. in sex? Yes, yes, I do. I, 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 I went. In, there's a there's something called kink aware professionals where you mm. can look up mm. certain services like therapy uh, from people who will not patholog Apologize you for your yeah. crazy I actually, fetishy I had, behavior. I had a sexual centered therapist
1: hmm? for a while. And I'm forgetting the name. There's a special certification that you can get. And I'm forgetting. Ass, like, doctor. It's ass doctor. doctor. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the the certification that like the three letters that they have. Right. But I remember. Yeah. Like, did you find it helpful? In, yeah, I mean, he—he he in particular, as I've as I've discussed, maybe not a ton, but I've had some issues with porn uh, and some overuse. But he was, yeah, he was very helpful, and you know, obviously, it's always good to have someone who's kind of outsider and knows actually a lot about. The thousands of people who've had these problems.
3: Oh yeah. yeah! When I first came in, I was really nervous about a particular fetish, and he was like, "Oh, that's not nearly as rare as you think." As you it is. <laughs> yeah. Can I? I, I I'm gonna, this is I might make me faint,
0: even just saying it. But are you into sounding? You know, I have Wait, never sounding? done. I don't that. know if you should tell Brent. Why I don't know if you tell you? Why are you closing your face? Well, off? we were just
3: talking about big urethras in the yeah, bathroom. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounding is when you take usually like a steel metal, yeah, 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 like I've a chopstick, and, yeah. and you put that into your urethra, into your urethra, and then yeah. someone else's. Right? I saw
2: one porn video of that with a camera on the end of it, so oh, you could wow. look in. Oh, my it. God. god, yeah, Ooh. a little Why? camera you could look in <laughs> the journey within. I know, yeah, it was I was like the scared. land before time. So, I,
1: so, this is this is something <laughs> <laughs> quickly getting off sounding. This is something uh, I was gonna say. What I, what I think is so interesting and, and uh, commendable, <clears throat> is that I'm always afraid, I think as a guy, to experiment with things outside of my comfort zone because I'm afraid it will, quote, show. I will lose my erection. I won't be able to perform or whatever. And so do you ever feel like, like when you're being prodded by that dude with a cattle prod in front of potentially other people, do you ever feel that anxiety of like, well, what if I don't like this and I... Not that you're rock hard the whole yeah, time, but also, but
3: like, do you have to be, be rock? Yeah, Does anybody you don't. Care? The, now you've gotten to another exactly. one of my big pet peeves: is we're all so conditioned to think you have to have an erection yes, all the time. Exactly. You have to have a big eject- or you have to have an orgasm. You measure and sex right? by your by sexual arousal, which yeah, is yeah, yeah.
2: sexual arousal is internal. It's not external. It's not something that <clears throat> you're getting off is not the reflection of your
3: boner. It's the reflection of the feeling you're having on the inside. Absolutely. Yeah. I had Mm -hmm. sex with a a trans boy uh, for the first time, like several years ago, and he still had his equipment downstairs intact the way Mm -hmm. he was born. So he still had a vulva, although most male like trans men do because the surgery has not been perfected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To the degree that it is on the other side. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. He called it his front hole and he was also, he was funny. He looked like Justin Bieber. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I tend to be attracted to the twinkier type sure. and everything. So I was like, sure, I'll do whatever you want. And he was very funny because he, he was like, listen, I love roughing up older men. Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever, whatever you want, let's give this a try. So he literally like was whipping me like, <laughs> Mercilessly <laughs> oh. with this whip on the bed, and and then he was quizzing me things like, "Why are Generation X men so arrogant?" And I was supposed to give an answer. What you say? Oh. <laughs> and I wouldn't know what to say. And it's then, all done Then I get all... whipped yeah. harder. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is actually turning into a bit of a nightmare." Like yeah. you know, of course, there's no erection involved at this point yeah. because I'm like, this is a real ordeal I'm going through here. And then he started to take off his pants and he had warned me, you're going to have to get, you know, face to face with my front hole. And I was like, "Okay, I'm willing to experiment here. But he totally, totally changed energy like he totally knew, oh, this is so new for you that I have to really kind of be a little bit of a guide and a teacher here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was so. So sweet, because he brought me to bed, and he laid down, and he was like, okay, I'm going to kind of, like, I hope you don't mind, talk you through this. So he's like, so this is the glands, and it's better if you lick up and down here, and this ah. is the the head of the clit or whatever, and, and, and do you suck here and all that. And it was, I, I did not, I did not have an erection, mm-hmm. and he pointed that out afterwards. He was like, oh, I noticed you didn't have an erection, so maybe you didn't like it all that much. And I said... No, this, once we got past beating me up for being generational. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this it was, was that part. That <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. this was like totally like fascinating and yeah. beautiful and like, I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. And it was a very erotic experience for mm-hmm. me. So, yeah. So I think we're so addicted I, and it's I, very hard not to be. I, I was going
1: to say, I society think we are. Be, and I, I, I mean,
3: Society porn. Yeah. I mean, almost everyone watches porn.
1: And if you ever read porn star blogs uh, like I might have in the past, (laughs) you'll know that like in particular sort of the big mainstream sites are employing a lot of straight people. And they will say time and time again, they're like every – you know, every scene is shot. You know, ten seconds at a time, and then the actor loses their erection because they're not actually attracted to the other man. Oh, but, wow. but again, the delusion—the the, illusion—is there that they are rock hard the entire time. Or yeah. sometimes they're not. I always call it. <laughs>
3: When it's two and straight probably guys taking a lot sex. of Viagra and that sort yeah, of thing, for sure. Oh, yeah. Wait, what did yeah. you say? Finish well, that thought.
1: <laughs> saying, whenever two straight guys are having sex and they're getting undressed, sometimes it's so condescending because I describe it as they're aggressively flaccid because you can <laughs> yes. tell that they're so not into each other. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, guys, why are why am I? But why am I watching this? I don't know. Yet, always, I have no idea. I've always thought. I, mean,
2: I really I don't. I find it
1: to be such so,
2: such a turnoff when you can yeah. tell
0: they're just like that. They don't being enjoy it. it. Well, that's
2: it's, part of the. I mean, that's part of the turn on for, for some, some people. For some people. Oh, for yeah, me, it's yeah, the sure, yeah, turn on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it is two straight men doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I've i always thought, I mean, of course, in my like teens and 20s, I was always sort of very sex, sex, sex. Or sex had to be in a certain way, and this is what you mm-hmm. did, and you fucked, and I got mm-hmm. fucked, and everyone got fucked, and we're
1: good. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Like, go to sleep. Yeah. Tomorrow's yeah. work. and <laughs> like, Add another notch to your belt. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. And then <laughs> as I got older, and especially after chemo, I started realizing that, like, sexual attraction was more emotional for me. Mm. And so, like, I got... And I think it, it's internal. Like, my sexual arousal is very internal into that. Mm. Like, you know, my boyfriend Michael will sometimes hug me and he'll, like, grab my stomach and he'll say, Mines. And, like, that's... Mines? Mines. Oh, that As if, like, it it's his. And it's adorable. Yeah. But it's also, like, something that I... I get just just as much sexual gratification from uh-huh. than I do from a blowjob. Oh, and yeah. Because it's, it's so endearing and exciting for me that somebody... It's also intimate. Well, it's, it's a intimate, form of intimacy. It's a form of intimacy, but intimacy is also sex. That's what I'm saying. And, and that sex, you can get that sexual arousal. Absolutely. And that doesn't give me a boner. Mm-hmm. But yet, I'm... Definitely, I love it. Yeah, yeah. There's That's great. There's
3: a story I tell on Risk called uh, Kevin Goes to P Town, where this was like really like. By the way, some people don't know that that means province. Town. I was going right. <laughs> to say it could mean oh. a couple different things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've been, been
0: a... talking about kink I've talked about <laughs> a, a lot
3: of <laughs> a lot of piss drinking on the show, um, <laughs> but no, no. This was um, I. It was literally like the week after my divorce from my husband. So it was it was the first time I was engaged with anyone in a you know like uh, outside of that situation and I met this young guy who was model gorgeous and I couldn't get over the fact that he was into me because I thought of myself at that time like (laughs) this bad analogy now, but like Louis C.K. at the beginning of the show where he's like, who would be attracted to me because I'm divorced, I'm in my 40s, and Mm -hmm. I'm fat, right? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I was. I had become a lot bigger during my um, uh, marriage, Mm -hmm. and I felt like, oh, who would be attracted to me? I met this young guy, uh, and he... Want, the main thing he wanted me to do was to lay on top of him because he loved my bigger belly no. so much. And at first, I was so self-conscious about it. And then I was like, this is Awesome! Yeah. This right. is like yeah. oh, this feels so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that someone just appreciates my body for it's, what know, it yeah, is. Yeah, and talked about. Oh, so we've, we, sorry. That's what kink is great
2: for—the ability to recognize that you are more than just. Your waistline, how much body hair you have, the type of sex that you give, you are loved and appreciated for many different facets Mm -hmm. of what you have to offer, even if it is peeing on someone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you, you are appreciated much more than just what you look like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's one of the it's something we've talked about a couple times on the podcast, which is sometimes I I always compare myself to people who quote look better or porn stars or whatever. Yes, and it is it's hard to come to that point where you're like I I'll I'll think how could someone be attracted to me when they could be attract when they could be with someone this other person or someone else down the road or on grinder or, right, or whatever right, and so sometimes it is nice to find those self those like affirming partners or or you know, sex mates or whatever, that actually can convince you, they can kind of break through the noise
3: Yeah, the and problem can is that convince
1: there's...
0: you that they're actually into you. And the problem is that there's so much noise. Mm-hmm. Yes. So much gay noise. <laughs> yes. That just perpetuates the mm-hmm. same What kind of kinks thing. would you, Brenton Elliott, would you be into? I was trying to think of it before. I don't know, but I will say that once a therapist, a straight therapist was... It suggested me that I go to a place called The Body Electric. Has oh,
3: that, yeah. Do you know that <laughs> yeah, place? Yeah, yeah. think of it? Well, the, so, did you go? Well, I looked it up
0: online and was like, this doesn't seem, for me, because it was like, I think, significantly older men, like in their 50s and 60s. Right. It looked like they were kind of like tickling each other, like, like it's lightly a, it, massaging. There's a video
1: online that I'm obsessed with. Brent still with, watches it, yeah. That I still watch because it's like this, it's this group of, of of men of all different shapes and sizes and ages, although primarily older. Yeah. But it's also, it's very, uh, it's like I don't know how to hippie, put this, but it's like very hippie and like there's this scene where you see them. covered on real sex. You see them like take right. their shirts off and they're just kind of like massaging each other and yes. like, saying mantras and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you can't help but giggle because I, so, I I laughed
0: because I was like, Well yeah. it's nice that I he I would love thought, to see you there. I know, well it was nice that he thought to <laughs> suggest it to <laughs> we'll me. Love it. But it was also so off of like, I guess who I am. You well, know? you know,
3: I think that because my therapist once suggested I go to. Yeah. I think the idea is that here is a place where you're not supposed to have poppers or lube or cock rings, which I need all three of those. I'm addicted <laughs> sure. to all three of those things, and of course my Enjoy Pure One. You're not supposed to have any excess stuff. You're not supposed to worry about getting an erection. You're just supposed to like have healing touch with other men. Sure you're in the nude, which I think, you know, could be a fascinating experience. Except, of course, you you don't want to show up during the the weekend when it's like, oh, my God, everyone here has such different energy than Correct. me anyway. Correct. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, just, it just seemed like a different—I I don't know. I would love to
0: get to a place where, like you are, where you are so— uh, open and vulnerable and and educated in how to do this stuff but I also wonder what like when you were married you were in an open relationship that was purely a sexual thing it wasn't an
3: emotional thing with other men right exactly so we when when Ariel and I met it was about two or three weeks in where he was like listen this looks like this might be becoming something between us so I should let you know I'm non monogamous and we should really check in on a very very regular basis about what we think the parameters are of our evolving relationship and it was always the same it always came down to if we have sex with someone we should try to let each other know before and after. We should check in about that. Mm -hmm. Um, That we shouldn't be dating. We shouldn't be like going out for coffee dates or movie dates or walks on the beaches with someone else. (laughs) And that it had to be safe sex. That You know, um, uh, condom use and all that kind of thing if there was any fucking going on. right? Um, And it worked for eight of the nine years. It it came to a kind of a crashing halt in the end. But it, it came to a crashing halt because we were both... At such different places, as, emotionally right. from yeah. each other, that we we actually started cheating on our three mm, rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh, got it.
0: was it. I'm just, I'm just out of curiosity. Was it? Was that? It sounds so hard. That sounds so difficult emotionally to to make, let someone to stay, or to excuse me to sustain that level of um, self self checking and self exploration while with a partner. Like it just sounds so. Taxing in a way that probably pays off in the relationship for it's you know an eight nine year marriage yeah but in the same breath like is that is that
3: challenging you know I think it's challenging but I like for example I know a heterosexual couple who were monogamous for fifteen years and then opened it up and they're like oh my god our communication about. Everything is so much better now, now that we have you to have check to. in you have to. about that mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of interesting because I think people assume that there's a certain – people just get in the habit when they're in monogamous relationships of thinking, well, we don't have to talk about this Correct. little thing and we don't have to check in about Correct. that. So, so that I think that – poly or open people uh, tend to, like, just develop better communication habits in general.
0: It's almost like the idea of, like, being, quote-unquote, radical sexually actually makes you more woke, aware, communicative, and actually, like, educated.
3: Yeah, except that, you know. Except what? Except that within the, you know, the the Me Too movement has has rattled through the kink community as well. There's plenty of people who put on a face of, oh, I'm such an open, communicative, (laughs) you know, guy, Mm -hmm. who are, in fact, you know... You know getting drunk and being assholes and you know wow. abusing people in this way, you know people warning each other, no wait a minute, that guy looks great on paper, but mm-hmm. you know really mm-hmm. so, oh yeah, oh, Ooh a lot God. of that, a God. lot of that so so th- that's one of the reasons I kind of like have have gotten a little shy about that original king camp I went to because it's mm. exploded in popularity since I first went, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I feel like oh, if there's fifteen hundred people attending now, Oof. it's bound to We're not be. Of- a- accommodates yeah. 1500 well, people I, I was yeah. going to ask
0: is that is that uh is that king camp for everybody or does it actually f- Focus on gay men oh, or yeah, gay men going and women.
3: That one was for, for everybody. Then I discovered oh. one that is only for gay men. And the one that I discovered that's only for gay men is an invite-only thing where they take it very... You have to have a couple of friends vouch for you What's the, that you uh, are knowledgeable. That sounds, sa- and that y- sounds
0: y- actually worth... I mean, it sounds like <clears throat> worthwhile in the vetting process. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I hear gay and invite-only, I, yeah, only, and I think like... Fuck Abs, you. That's waist, cool. uh, no, no. Waist. This is
3: you. This this particular camp uh, has trans men there as well. I mean, it's a very like. They just want to make sure you're not.
0: Dangerous I or do an invite volatile. only for people who have oversized 36
2: waist. Great, <laughs>
1: yeah, thunder yeah,
2: thighs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thunder thigh. You have to have a circumference of your thigh be at least 24 inches <laughs> <laughs> <24 laughs> <laughs> to attend this camp. Yeah, yeah. oh my god. We I'm, sure have, to uh, Missouri. Missouri. I'm sure there
1: are some bathhouses that have that. It's just not written I in print, but I like how you if you go show like up to bathhouses, <laughs> if it's 1968, right? But bathhouses. Have you gone to bathhouses? No, they're not really
2: bathhouses. They're not. I mean, that was in the. 70s and 80s, Day spas. seven, well, the 70s, 70s, really. yeah, and then they started closing in the early 80s. Day spas, 80s. that's hilarious. I mean, right? Yeah. Is,
1: but what, you, you're
2: but, thinking Korean spas? Yeah, Korean spas. It, that's yeah.
0: It. different.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah,
2: but, but you
3: know, it's funny. Like I, I'm super, super aware of the way that, like, you, you, like you, you keep saying I'm woke and experienced and stuff like that. I'm super, super aware of how certain hangups. Just come back. You know, you. I, I go through mm-hmm. periods where I'm like, oh, I'm very comfortable. I'm very grateful for, you know, the couple of people that I'm having flings mm-hmm. with right now and that kind of thing. And then I'll go through periods where I'm like, oh, I'm right back to being 10 years old right. and like being completely horrified by my body. And, you know, yeah. well, but what, I mean, but
0: what human being would you be if you didn't have you I'm, didn't have a, well, and a that, dynamic and you know. that
2: you're self-aware enough to recognize that. exactly. which yeah. I think a lot of people aren't able to do that and that get stuck into the process of yeah. normalcy. You I'm know.
1: starting to realize there's a connection as well between – okay, my brother and sister-in-law are just not going to listen to this episode. <laughs> but the, I'm starting to realize there's a connection between sort of my existential sense of self and how busy I am, how I'm feeling with my career, how I'm feeling financially. There's a connection with that and – Oh yeah, My sexu- oh, of and, like, big time. And, oh. and like, I don't think I fundamentally. I think I would have, t- if you'd asked me three years ago, I would have said, "Well, th- I mean, uh, sexuality is so. I, I an- would have said the same thing. And is, is that no. the right? no, 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 no? So many so innate, play into insidious. It. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, is it, is, <laughs> Alan will disagree with you, even when you're agreeing. <laughs> no, uh, no I'm not disagreeing. Why do you think I'm disagreeing together. with you? <laughs> um, it, but it's so, it, it's so innate. Uh, And yet, but I think, once again, I think there's this belief that like, well, sexuality is just, you're a man, so you have to get boners and and they have to be the best all the time. I'm going
0: to blame it. I am going to blame it on the patriarchy. I do think that's a very real thing. It's like, it's heteronormative society, even for gay guys, even for gay women. In what way? What do you mean? In that it's, we are just taught that these are... This is one thing. It's sort of monolithic. And the idea that you can separate your subconscious, you can separate the feelings that you don't even know that you're feeling mm, from mm. sex, from the act of sex, is like, to me, it feels, because I, also felt the same for a long time it feels very much like what you learn it's just the world explains this to you and that's what you take from it and that doesn't even i don't even mean that's a gay guy or not
2: i don't I, i mean this is the one area in this podcast history where i'm like i don't know if it is the patriarchy because i feel like and i i can't speak for women but i do feel like women's sexuality is also just as stunted straight female sexuality in many respects is just as stunted. Socially, no, that's what I mean, and 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 and, and that and that it's not that men and women are both stunted in terms of the capacity in which they can be sexual. That's what I mean. It's a a
0: monoculture thing. It's like we are taught this big thing, and then when you realize that there's these little elements and nuances and all the all the stuff that goes into sex, it is Mm -hmm. complicated and it's confusing. And Mm -hmm. that's why I think I'm just so you know, I'm in such admiration of someone like you, Kevin, who can really. Figure it out. You know, even when you don't feel like you figured it out, you've spent more time learning this language in a way
3: that is so uh, smart. It's just mm-hmm. smart. Do you- well, I will say, back to what you were saying before, I have had many, many occasions where everything was going to plan, like every everything, you know, the sex that was being had was like exactly what I wanted, and I simply could not have an orgasm and it had okay. a, and I knew it had everything to do with the fact that I was so stressed out about money or yeah. something earlier mm-hmm. in the day yeah yeah it's yeah. it's
0: real it's yeah. it's actually real yeah.
3: yeah but it's it's doesn't
0: feel real when it's happening yeah mm-hmm. that's subconsciousness mm-hmm. yeah god I'm but so you also, smart.
1: Kevin you also <laughs> another thing that I is I think a big part of your life and and we could take this out if we have to but uh, you you' you generally have a very specific type mm. and and usually it's it's one particular group
3: right Well you know I would say like if you if you were to like that, actually no it's not such a specific group in general, I haven't slept with many white guys mm. in, a couple of decades. Um, And more specifically, out of all the kinds of guys there are, I'm most attracted to Asian guys. Uh Uh, Most often, that's what will happen. However... I have plenty of experience with <laughs> Latin guys, you know, black guys. Yeah. So, with so, cattle pros. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the same the, way.
2: I, I haven't, I rarely have ever dated a white guy.
1: I'm the same way. I, I just find I, them to be the most difficult.
2: Difficult? <laughs> oh, well, not even difficult. I think the entitlement and the arrogance. Yes. that God! Yeah, that's, what, that's, that's, that's what he means. So, that's just, like that's it's difficult, right? Well, you know what yes, I think. Yes, I think. But I think you're also mentioning other things too—that they won't do certain things or they won't. No, they, no. It's the well, it's entitlement, what you're saying, and entitlement and arrogance. Entitlement, Is the arrogance? Yeah. Oh
3: my God! Okay, so I used to go. And
0: look, I'm a white guy. I mean, what can I? <laughs> of I can say this. All you yeah, time. are not
3: white. He's half Greek. Look at him. <laughs> oh, here we go. Jesus, we go. still white? No, 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 no. I used to go habitually to the West Side Club. Do you guys? Know yes. that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a sex club in New York City where there's just rows and rows and rows and floors and floors of guys mm-hmm. behind little closet-sized rooms, and so you just walk by guy after guy after guy after guy. That's a, that's a bathhouse. Yeah, a modern yeah, it, Modern it. bathhouse. Right, right. And and it's very Chelsea, right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. So it's mostly muscular white guys there, right. And and you try to make
1: eye contact, and you try to make eye contact, and if you, you, both, make both, make
3: like... And if you both like <laughs> each other, you go into the little this sounds room like fun. <laughs> (laughs) That sounds like a nightmare. That sounds like a nightmare. Oh, it's rejection, 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 rejection. rejection. And you have to be naked, too? Oh, no, you can wear a towel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, But (laughs) over over the years, what would happen is that I would, you know, I would feel that energy coming at me from other white men. And then I would, like, see usually an Asian guy and then just feel like, oh, there's, like, an emotional openness Mm -hmm. and, like... I don't know, there's there's some simpatico energy here where mm-hmm. I don't feel mm-hmm. like there's so much, I don't know. I, I just found myself kind of falling into the habit of getting together with guys, mostly Asian, but also Latin and black guys, where it just felt like there was a little bit less... Well, not
0: to be a pop psychologist, but mm-hmm. I think we know, right, like why that's happening potentially. Why? Because white guys are so fucking... Um, uh they're the stand it's the standard narrative of quote unquote hotness, yes. mm-hmm. among gay culture, yeah, mm-hmm. and so uh g- gay guys who are of color or, yeah or anything but white. Get the shaft, yeah, by nature, and it sucks, and it's awful, and it's it's awful. I mean, we've heard it, we've heard the mm-hmm. terms, we've you've, we've seen what it's like seen for Asian Grindr, guys. You get no, no, it's no, it's no, no fats, no femmes, yeah. no mm-hmm. no, blacks, no, fems, no, mm-hmm. no blacks, no Asians. It's a mm-hmm. real thing that's mm-hmm. become such. It's such I, a, I actually don't see it as much as I used to. I swear to God, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but it, the fact that it it even was a thing, it just speaks to the idea that like. Fuck! It's it's harder for them just by nature, and, yeah. it's, and that maybe that openness on their end is the is the thing that you guys came it was together also, about. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It,
2: I mean. The flip side of that is that there is also this syndrome, very liberal, it usually is in very progressive liberal communities, of being the savior, being the, I'm so woke that I will only be with people of color. And that is an argument from people of color that I think should be noted, that oftentimes we do fetishize people of color in a certain way that then... We are exclusively go in that direction, and that's the argument is
3: often. Oh, sure, I think that's probably think, rarer.
1: But yeah, and that's I think that's pretty. Pathetic. I hope that's rarer. You know <laughs>
3: what happened was that I told. I don't sev- think it's as rare as we think. Mm, oh, maybe I hope it is. I told several stories in a row around about in the middle years of risk, where I think the audience was noticing that these guys that i'm dating in these stories are asian you know that there's a pattern here so i started joking around about it and i've become a lot more hesitant to joke around about it because i'm so aware mm-hmm. of the fetishizing the objectification right. you know yeah. the the you know you I joke about if you wanna if you wanna fetishize me for being a ginger bear, go right ahead because we don't mind hearing that once every twenty years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'll never <Yeah. laughs> but but yes, I'm super aware of the fact that If you like someone because they're tall or short or hairy or smooth or whatever, that's much different than specifically finding race attractive. Universally. Because there's family and politics and and history and so much wrapped up in that. Yeah. I'll I'll
0: never forget. We'll wrap this up. I just want to say I'll never, ever, ever forget being with Brent and we were uh, at a bar after a comedy show. And I was the, probably signing autographs. You were signing autographs, right. yeah, for sixty dollars a pop. <laughs> yeah, um, and I we had just met this guy who was doing who was an imp, uh, improv improv comedian. I don't know what you, what oh, you call I it. Remember but this? Yeah, he was an improviser, and he was um, he was gay, and he was uh, very much like an actor, like kind of mm-hmm. carried himself with that weird arrogance where you're like, what, ha- what, what happened? You so, know, yeah. like, Monster, <laughs> yeah. why came... are you arrogant? You're useless. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> you came... do improv. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Anyway, he came over to our table just to like chat, which was, I thought, you know, nice. I wanted to, you know, we just met him and he said, oh my God, guys, I'm such a rice queen. Mm-hmm. No. Oh. I had
3: never, I swear Oh, to I think I know the person yeah. you're talking By the about. way, Kevin was with us <laughs> Yeah, that day. I, I, You
0: were with us. I don't know if you remember, but I had never heard that term before and i didn't i didn't i didn't know what it was oh. and so and then moments later his boyfriend comes over and is like a lovely asian man mm-hmm. and i put it together and i was like that is so, i i can't believe that he would a use that term but that it would actually like Lay the groundwork for me to feel bad for his boyfriend who yeah. comes over to say Absolutely. hello. Absolutely, and yeah. I'm like, "Oh, you're a you're a toy. Yeah, you're a toy." Right. Here. There's
3: a story uh, that was just told on Risk a couple weeks ago by Justin J. Wee, and he talks about oh. that that whole uh, yeah. quote unquote "rice queen" thing. And that's why I'm super self conscious about it because a, there's no denying that I'm. More attracted to Asian guys than than other groups of guys. And B, I'm super worried about, you know, like making anyone feel like they're not an individual in my eyes. But it's so funny because Joel Kim Booster tells a story about that very person you're talking about in that story on Risk. And, And it's the same thing, it's the same proudly. Proclaiming to be a quote unquote Ugh. rice queen and kind of like it's so awful because it's like it's almost it's it's pitiful
0: and it's also like you're at, they're asking for some level of I don't know uh, uh, um, admiration yeah and it's like you're fucked. yeah th- it's <laughs> almost like they're saying look at how look like open
1: minded I am like or what something. Alan was talking
0: about this yeah. liberal, it's also like I will say that.
2: I think my attraction to people of color in general has been less about sort of that, you know, there's arrogance coming from white guys and all of this, and more about like that people of color also have always been arrogant to me and they've put me in my place. And they've really, and I've come across many assholes that (laughs) in my dating life that are people of color, but they've also like Michael puts me in my place all the fucking time and complains about some (laughs) white white privilege thing that I say or white people. And it's pretty great. and, 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 And in a weird way, it's less about. Oh, I like him because he's not white. That's not why I like not. him. But it's, and that's not even why I was initially attracted to him. I like, and I continue to like him, be, and people of color in general because they put me have in a my different place. perspective. Exactly. Like,
3: you know, people often say, "Oh, is it because Asian guys are submissive? Do yeah. you like them?" And I'm like, "Um, no one I have ever oh dated I god. would describe submissive. as submissive." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> people ask you that? Yeah, yeah. Like, and and my reaction is, "Oh my gosh, no!" I I think of the Various personalities that mm-hmm. I've dated wow. and I think of, no, that that's, word uh, submissive yeah. would not that is be the, the first stereotype. thing that comes I mean, to mind. For you know, I did a st- story a couple
2: years ago on Asian gay men in Los Angeles specifically and the sexual assault um, rates amongst right. Asian gay men because there is this weird dance that sometimes Asian gay men do use in using the stereotype because we do adopt stereotypes as sure. safety blankets in communities and they use that sort of submissive sort of like being coy etc and white men use it to abuse them and there's a lot of abuse back and forth and it's and it is a problem it's a huge problem because on one level you know you can be your sexual self and you can use stereotypes to enhance your sexual life however much you want but there's also this line of like, where does it go? Yeah. You know, yeah, how far does it go? And on what level are you self-hating? And on what right. level are you self-gratifying? Sort of your own sexual appetite. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah.
3: That one of the one of the reasons that I went to that particular therapist, that you know, sex specialist therapist, was because I, I was worried about this. I was like, is this a little weird that I like, you know, have such a type? And he, again, it was just like with the Enjoy Pure One. He was like, "Yeah, every." And then try dating someone who's white or whatever. You know what I mean? And yeah. so every now and then I do. And it's it's usually a misadventure. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I don't like very dull.
0: <laughs> I don't play lacrosse. I don't care about the Celtics. Kevin, thank you so much for thank being you, here. Where can
3: you, everyone find you? Everyone can find me on Twitter at the Kevin Allison, And my show Risk mm. is at Risk Show on all the socials or risk-show.com online.
2: And it's a great show, guys. Oh, I, mean, I think so we've good. all done it before. Oh, you have to check it out. It's podcast
3: royalty at this point.
2: Yeah. Really Thanks, is. Kevin. Thanks,
0: Thank Gavin. you. And another thing, guys. When you were in high school, were you ever in relationships with girls? No, <laughs> no. never. I
1: never. I've never kissed a girl.
0: You've never kissed a girl. Nope.
1: I will say this. I remember having.
0: Um, oh God, a female. So
1: good. having female friends. Uh. <laughs> Having female friends. And my mom, I guess, was maybe a little conservative. And I would always, like, maybe want to hang out with my female friends. And she'd be like, I don't uh, know. Like, I don't... You, you're too young to maybe have, like, a girlfriend or something. Mm-hmm. And But I remember I had a female friend... Uh, in like first grade, who was kind of sexual, and I remember, she, <laughs> I remember she put a sticker on my shirt once, and she mm. said, "I put it on your nipple,"
0: and I felt very uncomfortable. Wow! <laughs> I, like, wow. I was like, "How dare you?" <laughs> well, did you did you like eat, like even like pretend to date in high school a girl? Uh, no. So yeah. what were you? Like, were I guess you closet, asexual? Were you... ghoul No, I mean, like, were you? <laughs> no, I was just thinking. mean, did you I mean, what did, did, you, did you pretend to be straight?
1: Uh yeah, I definitely pretended to be straight, you but I but not aggressively. Right, you know, I didn't have girlfriend. I mean, lots of people don't date in high school. Yeah, I feel. yeah. And that went, what era was was high By school? By the way, we're not going to get off the fact you I wrestled know. with a first grade. <laughs> <But> girlfriend. <laughs> that is it. probably
0: our best segment <laughs> on this podcast ever. Wait, was the was high school when you were telling people that you were into the into female um, gymnasts, female bodybuilders, bodybuilders? <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah. There was a, a brief phase in which I remember. Telling, like, my friends, like, I was really into female bodybuilders. Right, right. Because I was like, their bodies are just so (laughs) muscular.
0: (laughs) They're beautiful. Oh, God. Well, I I I did have a high school. I had a couple of high school girlfriends, but we never got. With my high school girlfriend, Christine, we were together for a few months. And um, (laughs) we, she was so sweet and so pretty. (laughs) (laughs) and yet every time she was like can we hang out this weekend I'd be like I am so busy I am so slammed right now it's crazy and she's like with what and I'm like everything everything Everything. Everything. life porn
1: I had a girlfriend in fifth grade. I had a, a girlfriend yeah. for like a week in fifth grade. And we mm. held hand- I don't even know if we held hands, but we just said we're a girlfriend and boyfriend. No, did a I lot never of stuff when I was a little kid. I,
2: yeah, we know. Yeah, I, no surprise there. I never
1: had a girlfriend, nor did I ever
2: pretend to be straight. Um, I never had a girlfriend in high school. But I did when I was a kid, I think... It was second grade, I had a girl yeah, second or third grade. I had a girlfriend and we would just hang out all the time and we called each other boyfriend and girlfriend. Well, that's cute. But really she was we never kissed or anything like that. Right. But we would hold hands and we were basically just friends. Right. Yeah. And but that was the only time and then there the, the, the funniest moment ever, and my last date, quote unquote, with a girl was with Jessica Ketchum. I was in um Sixth grade or seventh grade, I forget. And I was I was a fat fucking kid. I was so fucking fat. And we went to go see Father of the Bride Part 2. Sure. And I was sitting there in the theater. This was our date. Bag of And cake. No, eating junior mints. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and... um I'm, I'm a very ferocious eater. I eat very fast yeah. And because I, I have a big family. Got to eat fast. And at the end of the movie, my last date with the girl, end of the movie, I stood up and it looked like I shat my pants <gasps> because oh, I was yeah. eating so many Junior Mints so fast that they fell between my oh, legs. The no. moisture and the heat between my legs melted the Junior Mints. didn't mince. even notice. Didn't notice because I was enjoying Steve Martin so much. Melted the yeah. chocolate candy to make it look like I shit my pants. Wow. And that was my last date with a girl, Jessica catch. Yeah.
0: I will say I would have I would have guessed you to sort of um, out yourself in that moment by just talking about like Nancy Myers and maybe the Diane Keaton costumes the sweaters I did I did go see it for Diane Keaton I will say that it was Nancy Myers too
1: I didn't know it was Nancy Myers
0: yeah Mm -hmm. beautiful wait 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 wait. let's get to the task at hand
1: here. Let's talk about how Elliot, Elliot was a monster pervert <laughs> from the age of three on. So let's talk about your first grade girlfriend. not where we're supposed to go with this. <laughs> you set it up. Yeah. No, I, Wait, talked, I set who, up high school. Who was the tussling girlfriend?
0: <laughs> yeah. Who was the girlfriend that you said I'll, that I'll you hooked quick. up with? I was a Casanova in nursery school and kindergarten. I was Wait, always what? like had all these girlfriends and I was like romantic with them. How so? Kissing.
1: No, you kissed?
0: Huh, yes. Kissing. A lot of kissing and then elementary <laughs> and elementary school truly i was into I, I can't explain it to you all i can say was all i can say is that i was very much into girls <laughs> by the time i was in fourth grade i was sexually fantasizing about girls but wait wait but, what were the yes. what were those fantasies they were i don't know how i knew but i had like sexual fantasies so you ta- you thought about fucking them I didn't understand what that was, but I knew that I yeah. was imagining. So you didn't yeah. necessarily know but that the penis
1: I, goes in the vagina, but right. you were like, we're going to have sex and it'll feel good. Correct. I, I think just I imagine, imagine I'm them like I think I
2: imagined the same thing. I figured I would probably like it and I probably daydreamed about it at some point. Like, yeah. it wasn't a reality. But. Let's be real here. On the past episode, <laughs> you started the segment by saying you had hooked up with a girl. <laughs> and then you later admitted that you were just naked in first grade with a girl
0: oh and rolling it around it in was a bed. Said. And that, that is, is not hooked- shocking. But... Yeah, technically it was. It, that is not know, technically hooking age up. Age be damned, we Guys, were in an act of, Please DM uh, us if you romance. think Elliot hooks up with a girl in she's first grade. She's of course a lesbian welder now. <laughs> no,
1: so. no way.
0: Yes. Yeah, oh, she's a lesbian right. welder. Oh, but wait, up. can
1: I ask? I, this is maybe this is a gross question. Please ask. Well, I don't have to answer it. So well, so you're <laughs> rolling around naked in first
0: grade with this sure. girl. Were, were you? Uh, Excited on. Yes. Yeah. And I remember my mom <laughs> opening the door and being like, guys, why are the lights off? <laughs> we were like, nothing. Well, you know what? I remember this. I'll say this. I, had, I would have
1: sleepover. My brother, my Devin and Deirdre do not listen to this. It's my brother and sister-in-law. I would have sleepovers. They're going to keep listening now. No. <laughs> then let's end the podcast right <laughs> i would have sleepovers and i would one or two friends that we would like get naked and touch each other's penises <gasps> yeah. You
0: never said you did that <laughs> yeah i did that yeah, oh yeah. so you had access
1: I, I, a little bit i wouldn't call i i really wouldn't i guess it was like kind of experimental i think yeah. a lot
0: of people do this gay or straight i think so i, I think that's true yeah. we didn't
1: like ever get sued no one ever climaxed right. or like blew each other my, we got my- hard though
0: Probably, my yeah. best friend yeah. and I were very. Yeah. Uh, 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 again, we were great. Kids. Alan's wet. So wet, I'm so wet. We were we were kids, but like he and I were always like doing that cross-streaming piss thing. Yeah, <laughs> like we thought it was so funny to cross st- our streams. You know what I mean? I
2: don't think that's sexual. Wait, I'm, I'm it, saying it's
0: not. Yeah. We did. We were always making stupid videos, and one bizarre video. You did that, a video of you peeing? No, no, no. One weird video that oh I can't god. find for the life of me. We were like too old to do this, and we were like completely nude. What with, age? <laughs> like eleven. Oh my god. <laughs> we put we put like Index cards over our privates and like dance like idiots to Ace of Base on camera. And oh my god! Older, when Fine I got older, I was this like, "This video. tape could be like this could be considered like kitty porn if somebody finds this." But I can't wow. find it anywhere, and I know it's horrifying. I wonder that? who
1: has it. Wait, wait, to... wait this—it's so funny because obviously, uh, avid listeners of the podcast know that I call Elliot sexually unhinged all the <laughs> yeah. time, and obviously it's based in reality, but it's also a bit it's of a joke. Not based in reality, but it's, it's, it's a little it's, bit is. Also, crazy <laughs> that you were like this—this, this, like, dare it, I say, sexual predator? It wasn't of, sexual of, like, of an elementary school kid. It wasn't kid.
2: sexual. It wasn't sexual. But when you I was, hooked up with a girl in first grade. Yes, you're,
0: I'm you're saying piss,
1: <laughs> you're pissing with kids. You're wrestling with girls in fifth, I was a fifth kid. grade. You
0: need to stop. You're
1: thinking about <laughs> fucking in fourth grade. I will say
0: that again. I don't. I cannot explain this, but I very actively was attracted to girls. Truly attracted to girls, oh. and then. After a girl dumped my heart dumped me and broke my heart in seventh grade, yeah <laughs> Jesus that was at summer camp.
1: How did she break and, your heart you she don't... dumped
0: me on a bus on the way to a sleepaway but
1: Everyone gets dumped on a bus well in then that school. night
0: <laughs> then that very night, at our sleepaway, she started hitting on another boy who we called Kabuki, which sounds racist, but it, it's not not he's not he wasn't Asian, there was nothing there. He just okay. was called Kabuki because okay. his name sounded that way cool he was. I can remember as a kid being like, he's a cute guy, but I wasn't attracted to him, per se. He hit on Jill that night. Sorry, sorry. She hit on him. Jill hit on Kabuki. And he said in front of me. I would never do that to Elliot. <laughs> oh, and, and you got the biggest oh, boner. God, well, I think yes because boner. then I feel like something happened because that very night we looked at penthouse together.
2: Oh. And oh. it was mixed signals. You, know, you said, I had wait, to, wait, by the this time,
0: is
1: actually it's really interesting. That's a fun story because yeah, that's yeah.
0: very And the next and that's the ne- after <laughs> that <laughs> you fought, I went back No, I went back to school and that year was 7th grade and I distinctly remember being like Oh fuck. I
2: had that with my <laughs> okay, the I'm gay guy now. I lost
0: my virginity to. The doll?
2: I no. Uh the actual person <laughs> the person who put the doll in my butt who then put his penis in my butt. Um and my penis in his. Uh it was mutual. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say that but, sound,
1: but, doesn't sound
2: fun. But he Was so we were like best friends, and he was dating also my one of my best friends. So, like, the three of us were just sort of a a boy of friends, no, a girl. Okay, um, dating a boy, (laughs) right? Right, seventh grade in the 90s, no, um, but uh, he was dating a girl, and it was so weird because, like, here I was having sex with him. But yet he was also the boyfriend of my best friend, who was a girl, and she didn't know. And She didn't know, of course not. And she he was having sex with her, and it was like this wow.
1: weird. So he, thing. he would like he, you guys would have sleepovers.
0: He would go from one room to the next and just like fuck each of you. He yeah. had more action yes. between the two of you than yeah. I had in my entirety of he high school. Got, well, so it, except much, except for first grade. <laughs> yeah, except for first grade, you're a Ellie's wild first grade. Around with all of his classmates. In first Wait, grade. did she ever touch the Dennis Rodman doll? I
1: don't know. She never really came <laughs> over to my house. I think I always went to her house. How old were you when you lost your virginity again? Nineteen. Oh, that's right. So you were a little older, like me. But he yeah. hooked up in first grade. Let's not yeah. forget
0: that. Listen, you can call it what you want to call yeah, it. I me. remember being no, romantic. I'm and i was using your, your to that. words. It was yeah. romantic. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would, would your, your aunt, aunt say? say? Hey, Alan, what would your Aunt Anne say about something she heard on today's podcast?
2: My Aunt Anne would say, I loved your conversation with Mr. Allison, but <laughs> when he brought up BDSM, I got so lost that I thought he was talking about a cable news channel,
0: <laughs> but it, I didn't understand. <laughs> well, I know my Aunt Joanne would say, I remember your girlfriend, Christine, at the bar mitzvah, and your sister's bar mitzvah. Remember the bar mitzvah? She brought her to the bar mitzvah. <laughs> Because she's Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> Alan. What I, I mean, Brent. What about your aunt Ramona? She'd say, I wish I
1: could use that cattle prod on you.
0: <laughs> She'd not, brand not, you. <laughs> She'd way. brand you with the Republican. Uh, yeah, with, the, yeah, with, the, with the Trump. The fucking Trump, Trump twenty twenty maga. That's funny. all right. Well, thanks for listening. uh I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan.
2: <laughs> and I, I think I'm H. Alan Scott. <laughs> See you next time.
1: Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.